Hello folks, my name is Kenny Walker and you're listening to the Real and Road Podcast. On this episode we're discussing the important issue of mental health and finding out more about the rail industry's long-standing partnership with the Samaritans. I'm joined today by Jason Alexandra, a trainer with the Samaritans, who can give us an idea of some of the work they're currently involved in and an insight into the suicide prevention training they deliver. Also joined by Ian Prosser, Her Majesty's Chief Inspector of Railways at ORR, who helps set up the rail industry's Million Hour Challenge. And finally, Paul Johnson from Network Rail, who is a listening volunteer and was also closely involved in the launch of the Million Hour Challenge. So I'm sure this is a discussion that will resonate with many of our listeners. So I'm thankful to our guests for joining us today. Mental health is no doubt an emotive subject and one that has been in the news quite regularly this year following the coronavirus pandemic. Since March last year, from the beginning of the first lockdown, Samaritan volunteers, some of whom from the rail industry, have provided emotional support more than a million times across telephone, email and letter. That's every seven seconds someone contacts Samaritans for help. And currently, one in five calls for help have been about coronavirus with continuing calls from people feeling concerned about isolation, unemployment, mental health and illness, as well as family and finance. This is a 24-7, 365 days a year operation, and that hasn't changed because of the pandemic. Undoubtedly, the work of the Samaritans is invaluable. And with today being Brew Monday, the annual fundraising campaign to bring people together, it's only fitting that I come to Jason first. Jason, tell us a little bit about Brew Monday and how people can get involved. Yeah, certainly. Well, Brew Monday, uh, we've been running it each year and it's generally run on the third Monday in January. It's usually known as Blue Monday because people are feeling quite low. You're in winter. So we're turning on its head uh, to something positive. It's about reaching out, checking in and staying connected. So Samaritans is encouraging people to, to reach out to someone they care about and connect over a virtual cuppa uh, this winter for Brew Monday. Although we might be physically isolated from each other at the moment, it's even more crucial than ever to stay connected. And yep, the rail industry is also getting behind this campaign as well. And they're encouraging their staff to connect over a virtual cuffer. And um, we're also doing some uh, how to listen events through the branches. And that's really just sharing those um, shush listening tips. So um, how to listen, how to care, how to be patient, um, how to use open questions, saying it back and to be courageous in having those conversations. The current pandemic restrictions do mean that Samaritans volunteers can't be at stations talking to passengers. But we've been very fortunate. Uh, illustrator and author Charlie McElsey has designed a beautiful illustration um, and it's going to encourage that message to inspire people uh, to connect. Uh, the picture is a mole speaking to a piece of cake saying something like, can I share you with a friend? It's a beautiful illustration. And these uh, illustrations are going to be shared digitally across station screens and social media. And I really do hope uh, that would inspire people uh, to get connected. And if people want to find out more about Brew Monday, uh, they can go to the Samaritans website, samaritans.org uh, slash Brew Monday, and there's uh, some further information there. Thanks very much, Jason. Uh, I look forward to, to seeing these illustrations that you mentioned. Uh, if we can bring in Ian. Now, Ian, as mentioned at the start, you're involved with the, the Million Hour Challenge. Million Hour Challenge is an ambitious and interesting concept. Can you tell us a little bit more about how this came about? Yes, Kenny. Um, this came about a few years ago when myself and Mark Kahn, who was Chief Executive of Network Rail at the time, were contemplating how we could do more in relation to our work that the industry has been doing with the Samaritans previously, which had been going on now for some, some years and had been highly successful. 
one of the reasons was that people were coming to us, those that had been trained by the Samaritans, uh, and asking what else could they do? How else could they develop? So we came up with the, the idea of a million hour challenge, which is a million hours of volunteering for the Samaritans and trying to actually also raise money for the Samaritans and have a target of a couple of million pounds. And there's two real re- real reasons for, for, for the million hour challenge. One is actually there to support and help the Samaritans because our work that has been going on in the industry in, in making those early interventions at stations and elsewhere has actually seen an increase in demand for the Samaritans activities. And we know over time that they are, that their services are being increasingly used. And so therefore it was an opportunity for railway staff who have in some of the organizations volunteer days to actually volunteer and help the Samaritans going forward in a whole set of different ways. And I'll come on to some of those in a moment. The second reason was that it's well known that um, volunteering for an organization like the Samaritans or one of our charities is actually extremely beneficial for the individual and for the organization they come from. Because what it does is it raises the awareness of mental health inside those organizations because people start to talk about it a lot more. And obviously we've been wanting to improve the mental health uh, awareness and mental health uh, performance, if you like, in the industry over a number of years now, because we did feel that we were lagging behind other sectors. And with a very male-dominated industry, it's not necessarily something that people will talk about. So volunteering and, and doing some of the training that Samaritans provide or even becoming a listener can, be, can really be very helpful in actually opening people up to having conversations in the workplace and therefore improving our own knowledge and understanding and improving the way in which we, we deal with our, each and every one of our own mental health because it is extremely important. And obviously in recent times, it is important to actually look after each other. Uh, we have been through a storm and we are all in different boats in that storm, but we are, it's so important to help and um, look after each other, particularly in the years ahead. So the idea is to get that, that as many hours as possible from volunteers in the, in the rail sector. It can be done in a number of ways. It's not just the listening, People who some people have become listeners uh, through the Million Hour Challenge, but it's also in fundraising, in doing other activities like administration and support for the the branches. Myself, I have become a trustee for my local branch, which is there to help and support the organisation, which is thriving. So there's a num- number of ways, and fundraising will be very important in the years ahead as well for the Samaritans. So there are a number of ways. Uh, that the volunteering can be done and particularly also some of the training some of the listening training that's available online from the Samaritans will help us all improve as managers improve as individuals and people to help that support enable to listen and, and support each other as we go forward which will be some some rocky rocky times so that's really the background of the million hour challenge and why I think it's so important that we all continue to try and and push it forward going over the next few years. Thank you, Kenny. Thanks very much, Ian. And yes, just to, to reiterate your point, it, it is important that that we look out for each other and, and hopefully uh, the Millionaire Challenge reaches reaches its targets. Ian, thanks very much. Now, Jason, 
We mentioned at the beginning that you're a trainer with Samaritans. Uh, what kind of training is available and, and has this been affected in any way by the coronavirus pandemic? Yes, well, we've had training um, specific with the rail industry well over 10 years. We've, we've, we set up a partnership just over 10 years ago. And Samaritans have trained now over 22,000 uh, people within the rail industry, BTP, and in, in that, that context. Um, and there's two kinds of training specific to the rail industry, which I'm involved with and I give. Uh, the first one is the managing suicidal contacts training. And that's around identifying people who are vulnerable, how you approach them, how you can get a conversation going, um, how through that conversation you can encourage them to a place of safety, and then how we can hand that person on to help for their road to recovery. Uh, we also do uh, trauma support training, and that supports anyone who is going through trauma. And again, both of those courses are supplied and uh, funded through the partnership. So anybody within that industry who's listening to this podcast um, uh, would be able to uh, get on that as long as they work within that railway context. There's no charge uh, for that for that um, training. And COVID has effectively um, changed how we've done that often. Um, uh, we would be doing this face to face, but now it's virtual and that's actually opened up a huge number of opportunities. Those people that would sometimes find it difficult to get to those training locations now can uh, sign up virtually. And if they want to do that, they just email railcompanies at Samaritans.org. And uh, there's pretty much a training every day uh, online available for those people who want to develop those listening skills. Uh, the listening volunteer training. Again, uh, that continues. Uh, again, that would normally be done face to face, but that's now also gone virtually. Oh, the shifts are still in branch, but we are looking at different ways. And as we go into the future, uh, looking at how we can uh, support those volunteers in future to suit people's needs, including, for instance, online chat. We've got really noticed uh, over the pandemic uh, that not much more of the service has actually been maybe going on to things like online chat and stuff like that. So people are using the service differently and therefore uh, Samaritans is responding to the way that they're being required to change and we're looking at how we can do that with the volunteers uh, those listening volunteers. Thanks very much Jason so we've heard from Jason on what the training is and how you can get involved but what does being a fully trained listening volunteer mean in reality? Let's bring in Paul from Network Real. Paul I suppose a good place to start is why you became a listening volunteer and what this involves. Yeah, sure, Kenny. Uh, so I've been a, a Samaritan there for just over two years uh, down in the Rygate branch in Surrey. And I remember having, it was like a nagging feeling um, that I really wanted to give something back to society, but couldn't quite work out how I was going to do this. So what I really wanted was I wanted to do something that that, that I could fit around, you know, a full-time job and, 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 and family commitments. And I kind of wanted to do something that I thought I might actually be half decent at. And kind of cheekily as well, I was looking for something that maybe even, you know, I could benefit from doing uh, myself. So uh, a friend pointed me in the direction of a, a, an open day that the local branch was having. So I went along just to find out more. And as soon as I, you know, within five minutes, I knew, I knew this was the right thing for me. And, and one thing that they kept saying over and over again that resonated with, with me is, you know, yes, you're going to make an absolutely massive difference uh, to people's lives, to, to the callers. But actually, ironically, you'll probably get more out of it as a person, Paul, than you put in. 
which didn't actually make any sense at the time, but actually now I think is true. So I, 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 I signed up, I got through the interview process and then uh, took the, the training. Now the training at the Samaritans is, is, is phenomenal. Right at the beginning of the training, we were all asked, you know, how confident we felt about being able to take, you know, some of the calls that we, we would imagine that, that we would have to take. And most of us said, you know, we still don't feel we can do this. And once we'd actually gone through the training, we, you know, we all we were all able to quite categorically say, yeah, actually, we feel prepared. And as you as we began to do the calls, you, you could see how well we were prepared uh, to be um, listeners. And I, and I can say that, you know, in the two and a half years, I've never had a call that I, I've not felt confident to deal with. Some of them clearly very difficult and challenging, but I've, I've always had that ability. So the tr- you, you get the necessary training to, to, to do the job. And for me, the shifts, the way shifts work uh, is great because I can choose the shifts uh, that, that I do based around, as I said at the beginning, around work, family commitments, etc. So you're expected to do at least um, 15 hours a month. So that's um, sort of four or five shifts a month. And, and a quarter of those need to be night shifts you know, because it's essential that we provide that uh, 24-7 availability to our callers. Now, one of the perceptions that uh, I had and a number of people I think still have is that the, the only callers that we get are, are suicidal callers. And you know, yes, of course, we get um, you know a number of suicidal callers, and we provide the you know the, the emotional support uh, that we can. But actually, the the types of callers we get is is far broader than that. And I mean, it's incredibly broad. Um, it would take me way too long to try and uh, give an exhaustive list. But it, you know, they can be around finances, relationships, mental health, and 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 as we heard earlier, more recently over the last ten months. COVID related and particularly the, the the consequences of COVID in terms of the isolation, the increased isolation and the impact on, on, on mental health. But whatever whatever the, the reason that, that, that people are calling Samaritans, you know, when I pick up the phone, I've no idea what it is that call is going to be about. But what I do know is that they're calling me for a reason. They, they want me to be there for them. For, to, to, to listen, to provide that emotional support, to give them that space and that trusted confidence in order to talk about something that's clearly really, really uh, worrying and, and concerning them and, and they want to talk about. So the way I feel at the end of the shift, I always ask myself the same question. So do I, do I feel that today I've actually made a difference? And every single shift I've done so far, I've, I've been able to say yes. Clearly some days a lot more than others. Some calls, if, if I'm honest, it's almost like a privilege to be able to hear uh, callers talking about things that they've never been able to talk to anyone about before. They haven't got anyone or it's just too too painful to talk about. But because we provide that space for them uh, to, 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 to open up. Um, so it's, it's a phenomenally um, re- rewarding thing to do. And I think it's, it's fair to say it's actually uh, really helped me as a person. And I think for me personally in two, in two particular ways. So the first thing is that I'm now a lot better at listening. Um, so whether it's at work or whether it's with, with friends and family. So less jumping in, trying to solve everything straight away. It's listening and letting the, 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 the talker try and resolve things for themselves rather than trying to fix things. And, and I think the second thing is, is I've now got a much greater appreciation about 
my life and, and how fortunate I am, how lucky I am. I, you know, I didn't realise that people led lives uh, like some of the callers. It's, it's really makes me change my attitude towards my life about what I have and, and, and how I should live my life. And is there any advice, Paul, that you could give for someone who's thinking about becoming a listening volunteer or, or even advice for someone who may not be interested in being a listening volunteer but would like to help in another way? Yes, absolutely. I think, I think um, in terms of being a listening volunteer, I think the only regret I have about becoming a vol- listening volunteer is that, that, that I didn't do it sooner. And, and I would just, if, if you have any inclination or gut feeling that you might want to be a listening volunteer, uh, you get in touch with your local branch, you know, fo- follow your gut, in- gut instinct now. But as you say, uh, Samaritans aren't just about listening volunteers. Um, for me, listening volunteers are, are, are the call face. So, you know, people like me need to be there to take the call. But I, I can't take the call for the listener if, if I don't have a phone that works and if I don't have the underlying technology and if we haven't sorted out the rotors and if we haven't paid the electricity bill. So it's a bit like, you know, charity is obviously a bit like a business. All these things need to be done in the background so that people like me or other listening volunteers can sit and, and be there for our callers. And most branches, nobody gets paid. It's all voluntary. So maybe maybe the cleaners get paid, that's it. So all this, all these things need need to be done so that people like me can be there when our callers um, need us. So if if you think you can help with any of the sort of things that you could imagine that would go on in a, in a branch, I, w- I would strongly encourage you, you know, to get in touch uh, with your local branch. And I appreciate things are obviously a little bit different at the moment, but all these things need to be done. And if you just make yourself known, talk about what your particular branch needs he- help with, then the way I see it is, is you know, you're going to be making making the same difference that a listening volunteer makes because without people sorting out the rotors, without people making the IT work and and, and the phones work and paying, getting the electricity paid bill bill paid, sorry, um, you know, uh, it, it has the same impact uh, to the caller, and and of course as we, as we heard right at the beginning, it you know fundraising absolutely essential. It's a charity. You know, we we need money to be able to provide the service uh, to our callers. So, just I'd strongly recommend you know, two thousand twenty one. You know, get get in touch with your local branch. Take a look at the websites, the Samaritans website, the Million Hours Challenge. There's so many different ways to get involved, and they'll tell you more uh, eloquently than, than than I can. So, please take a look. That's great. Thanks very much, Paul, and thanks to Jason and Ian for joining us today. As we've heard, this could be the year 2021 when you make a difference and there are various ways that you can volunteer so please take a look and for more information or to get involved in supporting Samaritans as part of the Million Hour Challenge, please head to www.millionhourchallenge.com for more details. And finally before we go today folks, whatever you're going through, Samaritans volunteers are always there to listen without judgement. Call for free on 116-123 or email jo at samartans.org or visit their website. Thanks for listening.